resource. We have a resource called the Bible. This resource gives you everything that you'll ever need for spiritual strength. It gives you everything that you'll ever need for spiritual growth. And it gives you everything that you'll need for intimacy with God. The problem is, is many Christians never open it. And just like that package that that man delivered gave him no blessing, provided him no benefit, if you don't open your Bible, Christian, it will not provide you with any benefit either. The greatest resource that we have for the successful Christian life is your Bible. But if you, all you get from it is my preaching one time a week, you will starve. You see, friend, there is no way that in a 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, a 20 or 30 minute message, there's no way that I can give you all the promises, direction, discipline, conviction, comfort, and assurance that you're going to need this coming week. I wish I could. My preaching's not that good. Amen. I knew there'd be one of you, Max. Nothing like an encourager. Hallelujah. But every one of us has a Bible, but so few of us open it up. So few of us fail to seek the treasures, the truths, and the tools that have been given to us to improve our lives. The great preacher, a lot greater than me, Brother Max, the great preacher D.L. Moody said, the scriptures were not given for your information. They were given for your transformation. So today, I want to help you see the greatest way that you can be more intimate with God. Today I want you to see the greatest way that you can remove barriers to you being really close to God. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Psalm chapter 19. I believe it's page 489 in the Bibles in front of you. Uh, Psalm chapter 19, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. In verse 7, the word of God says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of God is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them 
there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Did you notice that phrase, of the Lord, appeared six times in the first three verses? What does that mean? Well, friend, that means that what I just shared with you is the word of God, not the word of men. It is the word of God, and since it's the word of God, the Bible offers us great benefits from the one that created us, from the one that designed us, and from the one that sustains the very life we live. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible reiterates this line of thinking. It says in verse 14, but you must continue. Remember, I'm talking about intimacy with God. How can you be more intimate with God? How? You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. All Scripture, say all Scripture, every bit of it, Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, that he may be mature, that he may be made more intimate with God. Thoroughly equipped for every work of God. Friends, this means that from childhood, from vacation Bible school age, amen, from vacation Bible school age, God's word teaches us what's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay right. It's all here. It tells us all those things so that believers may be saved through faith and be made more intimate with God and be thoroughly equipped and get this so that they can work in the church. You see, the Bible is God's how-to book. All your questions about how to live life are in this book. It's a how-to book, and if you, if you get more out of it, you're going to be blessed in all you do. But the only way to get more out of the Bible is to let more of it get in you. And as we let more of the Bible get into us, here is what you're going to see. First of all, you're going to see that it will compel you to know life right. Notice there in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What does that mean? Well, that word law literally means in the Hebrew, according to teaching. 
It means to teach, to explain, to direct. What does perfect mean? Well, perfect is complete, entirely truthful. The law of the Lord is perfect. But what about that phrase, converting the soul? What does that mean? Well, that means return or turn back to God. The law of the Lord is perfect, and it returns us to the Lord. There is, in that verse 7, here's what we get when we put all that together. It says, the word of the Lord teaches and makes plain the entire truth of God in what he requires for our souls to be saved and for our relationship with him to be restored. You've heard where the Bible says that before we're saved, we're enemies of God. Well, God tells us in his word how we can break that bond, how we can break that curse of being an enemy of God. James 1.25 tells us, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, you can't just look once, you have to continue in it, and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So when the more of the Bible gets in you, then more intimacy results between you and God. It compels you to know life right, but it also convinces you to start life right. Look at the end of verse 7. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. What is the testimony of the Lord? The testimony of the Lord is this. I know what is true according to myself. I know what is true about my way to salvation. I know what is true about the standard of living that I want my people to live. I know what's true, and I want to share that with you. This Bible is the verbal witness of Jehovah God and not hearsay. Think about it. This book has been confirmed. It's been proven reliable. It's been proven trustworthy for thousands of years. Thousands of years this Bible has been around. I mean, our country's only been around a couple hundred. But this book has been around for thousands of years. And in God's Word, you can be taught sound judgment. You can be taught wisdom, even if you're immature in the faith. You can be taught sound judgment and wisdom, even if you're a little bit slow. Even if you're easily led astray. Even if you're a fool. You can still be taught the wisdom of God. Well, Bill, why in the world would I want to know the wisdom of God? Well, Colossians 1.10 opens our eyes to what, why we should. It says this, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's why you should want the wisdom of God. 1 Peter 2, 2 appropriately says this, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, you coming to faith in Jesus, giving your life to God, is just the very first step of faith in your walk. God wants you to grow, and he provides you all the information you need to do it. So what a great way to start your living your life right. Amen? But God's word also says this. It will control you to keep life right. Look there in verse 8. 
The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. See, these statutes of the Lord that he's talking about here are the rules and directions we need that will guide us into a right relationship with God. We need this because when you follow the rules, when you keep the directions God gives you, guess what? Life turns out right. Life turns out right when you follow the directions. And when life is kept right, something we call obedience, then guess what happens? There will always be true joy manifested in your life. Who here would love to have more joy in your life? Amen. Amen? Guess what? God tells you how to do it. But the problem is, many Christians don't crack the book. Friends, we human beings, we need controls in our life. Just like a child needs structure in his life. We human beings, adults, need rules to follow. We need structure to keep our lives right. And our awesome God has been wonderful in providing this incredible structure in his word. The Bible controls you to keep life right. But it also commands you to live life right. Look at the end of verse 8. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Simply put, God's commandments are his code of wisdom. You know that wisdom is knowledge that's put to work. That's what wisdom is. Well, God tells you what to know and how to use it. Amen? So God's commandments help us to focus on godly priorities, to focus on the things that God would have us to focus on and not to get so involved with self. He tells us the things that we ought to be focused on that are clean and pure, but most of all, they're right. You know, whenever you're faced with a decision, if you'll just seek to know what's right, but the only way you're going to know what's right is if you crack the book. I think that you would all would agree that we all live in a world of instant gratification. Think about it. So many young people, they want to get out of high school now so they can start earning money now. They want it now. But what's the alternative? Well, they could get out of high school and they could go directly into college. And that's going to mean more money, but later. But it means more than that. Because it potentially means more wisdom. It potentially means more money. It potentially means more benefits. It potentially means less physical labor. It potentially means more prestige. So what's your point, Bill? Following God's way, following his statutes, his directions, following his instructions often is delayed gratification. Not instant, but delayed. God's commandments may seem really difficult to follow now, but when you do, they will, you will reap mountains of benefits later. The Bible commands us to live life right. But it also says that we ought to see that the Bible conforms us to see life right. Look at there in the beginning of verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
Now, we all know that the fear of the Lord is not us being scared of him. We know that it means to respect him and to, to be in awe of him, to be willing to worship him and reverence him. But did you know that revering God, did you know that worshiping God is our duty according to the Bible? In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Look at this. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. Friend, the only place you're going to learn to do that is if you crack the book. So the Bible conforms our lives to see life right. But it also counsels us to enjoy life right. You see, this life we're living is not about, all about following rules and regulations. It's about enjoying life. Who wants to enjoy life? Amen? We all want to enjoy life. Well, you got to know what verse 9 and further says. At the end of verse 9, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there's a great reward. What is a judgment? A judgment basically is just a determination of what's best and what's right. In all of our relationships, in all of our questions, we want to know what's the best answer. Furthermore, what's the right answer? Well, what does the Bible say about the judgments of God? It says that his judgments are completely reliable, that they're absolutely sure, that they're completely right, entirely just. And get this, every determination of God, every judgment of God is in perfect union with every other determination of God. And the reason they exist is for one reason, so that you can enjoy life. Every one of the judgments of God is there and altogether intended for your greater good. God wants you to enjoy life. But the only way you can do it truly is if you crack the book. Verse 10 teaches us that we ought to desire God's word even more than treasure. More than gold. But it also tells us that we ought to enjoy the word of God even more than pleasure. Because everything in our life stems from your understanding and your application of God's word in your life. Do you want to enjoy life? you got to crack the book. So the word of God compels you to know life right. It convinces you to start life right. It controls you to keep life right. It commands you to live life right. It conforms you to see life right. It also counsels you to enjoy life right. But before we go this morning, I want to give you three words that will help you to get the most out of your Bible. Three words that will help you to be more intimate with God. The first word is dedication. Dedication. 
President Woodrow Wilson once said, I am so sorry for men that don't read their Bibles every day. I wonder why they would deprive themselves of such strength and pleasure from the hand of God. Why would they do that? Friends, just as Christians are called to set themselves apart for the work of God, so too are Christians called to set their time apart to study the Word of God. Did you hear me? You didn't hear me. Let me say it again. Just as Christians are called to set themselves apart for the work of God, so too are you called to set your time apart to study the Word of God. Did you hear me? I knew you would. See, you cannot adequately know the purpose for your life you cannot adequately know what God wants you to do. You cannot adequately know what God's will for your life is unless his word becomes a permanent part of who you are. You've got to crack the book. And you've got to be dedicated to do so. We've got to dedicate ourselves to the study of his word. You might say, well, Bill, I'm sorry, buddy, but I just don't have time. Well, guess what? It's time to make time. If you got to get up 30 minutes earlier or you got to stay up 30 minutes later, it's time to read the book. You got time. You might say, well, Bill, man, I can't understand this translation of the Bible I got. Well, I'll just tell you go to the bookstore, pick out a translation you can understand. Amen? There. Now you can understand it. Friends, we could go all day if you wanted to. All day long. But the bottom line is this. There's no excuse for a child of God not spending time learning, growing, and increasing in wisdom from the Word of God. But it's going to take some dedication. You want to be intimate with God? You want to be closer with God? You need to be dedicated to His Word. Here's your second word, observation. You see, once you've dedicated yourself to study the word, now you have to ask yourself, okay, I'm reading it, what do I see? What do I see as I read the word of God? Well, you see, the Bible is a lot like a telescope. You look through a telescope, and you can see galaxies beyond. Worlds beyond when you look through that telescope. But if you just look at that telescope, that's all you're going to see. It's just that telescope. Well, the Bible is intended for us to look through. You need to look at your life through the Word of God. Look at your life through the Word of God. And when you do, you're going to see some stuff. When you do, you're going to see stuff like sin. Sin that you need to avoid. Maybe you might even see sin that you need to confess to God. But when you look through the telescope of God's word into your own life, you're also going to see some promises that you need to claim. Did you know that God promises the child of God a great many things? Did you know that? Say amen. 
A great many things. Can I give you a few? Can I? God says, I'll bless you. I will not fail you. I will heal you. I will guide you. I will instruct you. I will teach you. I will deliver you. I will satisfy you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will hold your hand. God says, I will not forget about you. I will comfort you. I will forgive you. I will restore you. I will be your God. I will put my spirit within you. I will save you. I will love you. God says, I'll manifest myself to you. I will come again, and I will dine with you, and I will give you the crown of life. God gives us infinite promises to claim. And friend, that was just the tip of the iceberg. But you've got to look through the word of God into your life. When you look through your life, through the word of God, you're going to see sin you need to avoid. Promises you need to claim. Man, you'll look in, in Hebrews chapter 11 and you'll see all manner of examples that you can follow. You'll also see a whole bunch of examples that you don't need to follow. Amen. You'll see things like uh, commands to obey and stumbling blocks to avoid. The Bible's filled with all these things. But it's going to take dedication and it's going to take observation. But finally, it's going to take application. Application. You've got to be willing to ask, okay, I'm dedicated to study the Word. I see what it says about my life. Now, how's it going to go to work? How's it going to go to work in my marriage? How's it going to go to work in my family? How's it going to go to work in my church? How's it going to go to work in my workplace? I want to put the Word of God to work. In my life, that's applying the word of God. Remember, the Bible is not just information, it's transformation. It's designed to change you. It's designed to make your life right according to God. So what do I got to do? I got to read it. I got to obey it. And then I got to lean on it because it's true. I got to lean on it. You see, friend, listen here. Your Bible, your Bible was born to be battered. Did you hear me? Your Bible was born to be battered. So you need to take your pen and you need to underline stuff in it. You need to circle key words in your Bible. You need to turn down the pages of very important passages to you. You need to take a highlighter and just tear it up. Friend, my Bible is just tore up with highlighters and pen marks. Why? I'm not close enough to God. I want to be more intimate with God. I want to be closer to Jesus. I'm not satisfied, but so many Christians are. And the reason they are is because they don't crack the book. They don't crack the book. You know, everything that we should want from life, literally everything we should want from life, is for the Word of God to take up residence in us. And to begin to change us, to transform us into the likeness of God's Son, Jesus Christ. So instead of asking, what does the Bible say? Why don't we say, okay, how can this truth take up residence in my life? Not only for me, but for those who 
see me. How will that happen indeed? By reading it? By obeying it? And man, when times get tough, sometimes you've got to lean on it. Lean on the word of God. Jesus said to the tempter, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Jesus said, my brethren are those who hear the word of God and do them. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and we will make our home with him. And then when many followers, many followers were walking away from Jesus, just like today. When many followers were walking away from Jesus, he asked his closest disciples, he said, do you also want to walk away? And wisely, Simon Peter quickly answered, Lord, where shall we go? Where shall we go? Lord, it's you who have the words of eternal life. And furthermore, we have come to know and to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The word of God, friend, has so much power. It can change your life. It can bring you into such an intimacy with God. Dedicated, be willing to observe it, and be willing to apply it. I was struck by what verse 14 said in Psalm 19. It said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I said, you know what? There is a New Testament likeness that I found. And you know it because it's in Romans chapter 10. And God says, what does this book say? What does this word say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Listen carefully. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you see the, the connection between your heart and your mouth? Can you see the connection between the meditations of your heart and the words of your mouth? He goes on to say, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made, and guess what? People are saved. That connection between the and the mouth, between the meditations of the heart and the words of your mouth. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Furthermore, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's all right here in the book. Why aren't more people saved? 
Why aren't more Christians intimate with God? Because they don't crack the book. My challenge to you this morning is, get off your tail and crack the book. There's no excuse for the child of God not spending time in the Word of God that helps make life right. Whatever's going on in your life today, do you want it to be right? Crack the book. Crack the book. Do you want to be saved today? Do you want to know that you're going to heaven today? Hey, you know what we've done for you today? We've cracked the book. And the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want to spend all of eternity in heaven with the author of this book? Then I want to encourage you that during this invitation song to take a step of faith. Step out of your pew. Take a step of faith. Step forward. Come to me and let me show what happens when you crack the book. I want to show you what God says can happen when you get saved by his word. Let's pray.